Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast. Prominent area conservative, I'm Ted Flint. Well, all eyes on Georgia. Today, two big runoff elections, two open seats in the U.S. Senate. David Perdue and Kelly Leffler, the Republicans, they have got to win these races. Perdue up against John Ossoff, a failed candidate from an election two years ago in the House. And Kelly Leffler, seeking to maintain her seat against challenger uh, Raphael Warnock. This guy is a, a piece of work, this Warnock. He's a friend of uh, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright, and he's bad news. These people, to say they're liberal or radical is almost an understatement. So if the uh, Republicans lose the Senate, they're the la- that's the last firewall against a progressive communist agenda that will face us if, if these two Dems win the race. And I saw the president last night. He was in Georgia, big rally. And you know, the president did what he does. I mean, he loves the, uh, the big crowds and a, a live audience. He plays off it well. And he told the crowd, I don't know how many people, there were just tens of thousands of people there, it appeared anyway, there is no way we lost Georgia. Joe Biden, he said, was here the other day, got th- 14 people in three cars. <laughs> and, you know, Trump gets tens of thousands of people uh, showing up to these rallies. So he, he said last night, I'm not conceding. It was a rigged election. Why should he concede? You know, for the media, to, to you know, I watched the news as much as I can stand it, the mainstream media, because that's all basically I get. And... Uh, other than what I read online, and they're saying, they keep, they keep saying, CBS especially, because I watch CBS, that uh, the president's claims of voter fraud are baseless, or they have no basis in reality or whatever. They're conspiracy theories. Well, we're going to find out tomorrow, January 6th, when the electoral votes are tallied up. Mike Pence will be uh, addressing Congress. We'll see what happens. The House and Senate will weigh the electoral votes in a joint session tomorrow. And uh, Republicans in both chambers are planning to contest the certification of votes in a number of these battleground states, including Georgia, Pennsylvania, another big one, uh, Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, Michigan. And we'll see when these votes are tallied up. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I don't know, to be to be honest with you. Nothing like this has ever happened in, in my lifetime, or probably in yours, because I'm older than most of you, no doubt. Although, you know, the uh, losing party in a national election, it's not unusual for them to challenge the electoral votes. The Democrats have done it three times, by the way. Did you know that? 2001, 2005, with both George Bush victories, and in 17, when Trump won, they challenged electoral college votes, the Democrats. Yeah, so it's happened before, and there's nothing um, that unusual about uh, challenging the electoral college votes. A couple of things, though, in Georgia. I was reading last week that 71,000 people who did not vote in November's general election requested mail-in ballots for the two Georgia Senate races. That's kind of odd. They don't vote in the general, but they want to vote in the in the two Senate races. It's possible, I guess, but it could be that there's some shenanigans going on in Georgia. Stacey Abrams and company working. I read that they were trying to import people from California to vote in Georgia's election or elections. I wouldn't doubt that either. I'll tell you, a lot is at stake if the Republicans do not win those two runoff elections in Georgia. We, Mark Levin said the other night, we are facing an abyss. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution are at stake. Because the Democratic Party and the media are doing their best to destroy the Constitution and, in effect, destroy the country. 
They want to remake America. It's not good enough for them. We still have a constitution. The Democrats and the liberals, the progressives, the communists, whatever you want, really, I don't think there's a darn bit of difference between them. The Democratic Party, for all intents and purposes, is a communist party. They hate the Constitution. Why? Because it limits government. And the Dems have told us what they plan to do. If these two Marxist candidates in Georgia are elected to the Senate, Raphael Warnock and and John Ossoff, it'll be a 50-50 tie. Then if Kamala Harris is certified, she and Biden certified winners of the election, then she will get to break the tie. But they're not there yet, you see. But if they do win both runoff elections in Georgia and Biden and Harris are certified winners, the Dems have said they will destroy the separation of powers. They didn't say that in so many words, but they're going to destroy our, our, uh, our Supreme Court. They're going to pack the Supreme Court. They want to abolish the Electoral College so Republicans never win another national election. That's their aim. They hate the Electoral College because it gives the flyover states such as, uh, you know, Kansas and Iowa, some of the Midwestern states where the real people live. It gives those states just as much say in the outcome as it does the states of California and New York and Chicago or uh, Illinois. They want one man, one vote or one person, one vote in their lingo. But the the, the founders didn't send it up, uh, set it up that way. We are at a precipice is what Levin said. The Constitution is the target. The country is the target. They do not like America. We are irredeemably racist in their views, or at least that's what they say to to get elected. I heard a little bit of Warnock's speech last night, too, before the president came on. They they flashed to Warnock. This guy is, he tried to sound like Obama. I don't think he had to try that hard. It's like I was listening to an Obama speech. It's, It's unbelievable what these people have plan for the country. And most people, I don't think, really have a clue, unfortunately. But they expect some uh, some fireworks, I guess, in DC or in, uh, in Georgia tonight. They're, uh, they're being told, lawmakers are being told to use tunnels to get, you know, to the Capitol and to some of their office buildings, underground tunnels between the chambers and the Capitol. And because they, they expect a lot of demonstrations, hopefully they're all peaceful, But, of course, uh, they're preparing for the worst, some violence possibly. And the media always spins it as though the the Proud Boys will start all the violence. But that hasn't been the case, has it? It's always Antifa, Black Lives Matter, these left-wing, these communist front groups. So they're taking precautions down there. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, speaking of Black, or not Black Lives Matter, speaking of the Proud Boys, I read, this just popped up in front of me from Newsmax, that cops in D.C., arrested the leader of Proud Boys. He's accused of burning a Black Lives Matter banner that was torn down from a black church in downtown Washington. This happened in December. 36-year-old Henry Enrique Tarrio busted by the Metropolitan Police Department after he arrived in Washington ahead of the protests planned by supporters of the president to coincide with the congressional vote expected Wednesday to affirm Joe Biden's election victory. If, you know, so another thing, this, this Tarrio is a... Uh, is a black Hispanic. You know, you hear the Proud Boys are racists. They're white supremacists and Nazis and all this other stuff. He is a black uh, Hispanic, and he leads Proud Boys. And uh, anyway, so that's uh, the latest on that. I want to talk a little bit, too, about something that I uh, brought forth in a, a previous 
podcast, maybe the last podcast before the Christmas break. By the way, it's still Christmas. Today is day 11, the 11th day of Christmas. Tomorrow, Little Christmas, January 6th, or the Feast of the Epiphany. So it's not over. You know, a lot of people want to rush the rush through the holidays, you know, rush through Thanksgiving, rush through Christmas, and they're looking forward to what's the next one? Valentine's Day or, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's still Christmas, folks. Anyway, a uh, couple of weeks back, I, I did a report and talked about this Texas. I called him a Texas congressman, but actually he's a Texas elector. And he said that Chief Justice John Roberts was heard from a nearby room at the Supreme Court building screaming at his colleagues, saying he did not want them to consider the, the Texas election fraud case. And they did a fact check on it. And, you know, th- there's a fundamental flaw because the justices have been meeting remotely for the past two months during the, the COVID-19 lockdowns. So this elector and state Republican executive committee official, Matt Patrick, uh, I think I called him Mike Patrick, but it's Matt Patrick. He's not a congressman. He's an elector, made the claim at the Texas State House, and it went viral on social media. That's where I picked it up. But it turns out that uh, Ed Whalen, who is a the president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, said this is absurd fantasy. He's speaking of Patrick's claim. For starters, the justices have not been in uh, having in-person conferences. Uh, he's a former, this guy's a former clerk for Antonin Scalia. So the court, again, has been meeting via telephone remotely because of the COVID-19 case. So I just wanted to clear that up. I don't want any erroneous information to get out there. There's enough of that in, in, the, uh, in the mainstream media. Oh, my wife uh, sent this story to me last night. I'm just looking at it. Fox News is reporting. And this is perfect. Kamala Harris apparently appropriated an anecdote first told by Martin Luther King. She was interviewed by Elle magazine for a feature that was published back in October. And Harris has repeatedly boasted of her parents' involvement in the civil rights movement of the 60s. In this interview with Elle magazine, she recalled accompanying her parents to marches as a toddler in a stroller. And uh, according to Ashley Ford, who led off the piece, Harris started her life's work young, is what Ford writes. She laughs from her gut the way you would with family, as she remembers being wheeled through an Oakland, California civil rights march in a stroller with no straps and her parents and her uncle. This is, I I don't read Elle magazine, but at some point, I guess she fell from the, uh, from the stroller and it's a, it's a whole lot of nothing, really. But the bottom line is she shared an anecdote, and she didn't give attribution to uh, the source of the anecdote. That's Martin Luther King, which should not be surprising. I mean, she's the perfect running mate for Joe Biden. He's a plagiarizer as well. I'm sure most of you know by now he plagiarized that speech by British politician Neil Kinnock back in the 70s or 80s. Didn't just borrow Kinnock's speech. He basically borrowed Kinnock's life. So he's a plagiarizer, and he's done it more than once, too. Here's Kamala Harris doing the same thing. And, you know, as far as her laughing from her gut, she's the biggest phony. I think the biggest phony, maybe outside of Hillary Clinton, there is in politics. She's not to be trusted. And I think she's the real danger in, the, in all this. Nobody with any lick of sense thinks that Joe Biden can run this country. I know he may be a little tougher than most people think, but, I mean, the guy's He's had it. He's got one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel. He's not going to run this country. There are reports out there. I read stuff all the time, and that doesn't mean they're true. A lot of these sites, conservative sites, are saying, what if he were to concede on January 20th? He turns the reins of power over to Kamala Harris. 
That's the big fear. Because she is far to the left of Biden. Biden's not for Medicaid for all. Biden's not signed on to this, uh, or at least I don't think he is, this several trillion dollars worth of this uh, this new Green New Deal. He's not part of it. He's not for that. He may say he is. But Harris is for all of it. Medicare for Medicaid for all, Medicare for all, health care for all, you name it, the, the Green New Deal, which will bankrupt the country totally. And if she is certified, if she and Biden are certified election winners, I think things will... If, from my vantage point, we'll go okay until they, they try to come for our guns. Then it's going to get interesting because I'll tell you, folks, Kamala Harris has never been to upstate New York, I can assure you. Half of our legislators at the state capitol, I don't think, have been to upstate New York. Most of them live in New York City and in Long Island. They need to take a trip up north and northeast because the real people live where I live. And we're not going to have our guns taken from us. We have a Second Amendment freedom. And that freedom will not be abridged by government. That's all there is to it. They can say they're going to come for this gun and that gun. They're not coming for any guns. Because then we're going to have, we're going to, it's going to get real interesting if they try that. That's the fear that we're going to lose our freedom to own a firearm, our freedom to worship as we choose or not worship. Religious liberty is at stake. The entire Bill of Rights is at stake because these people are about change. Every one of these leaders, uh, Chuck Schumer said the other day, we need to win this election. We need to have Biden and Harris certified. We need to win the Senate seats so we can change America. What's wrong with America the way it is? It's working for me. It's working for you. It's working for everybody. This president has done what no president has been able to do in over 200 years, Reagan included, frankly. He's, his term in office, his four-year term, hopefully it's eight years, but his four-year term in office has been unprecedented in what it's been able to do. From trade agreements, securing the border, and giving the American people, John Q. Public, a say in how their government is run. Because the, the political elites don't think highly of us. The political class is, they think, superior to us. We are there to serve them. They're not there to serve us. They got it backwards. Trump changed all that, or tried to, and I think he succeeded in large part. And that's why they want him gone. He's not a member of this little insider group. He doesn't go to the cocktail parties that both parties go to. Republicans are almost as bad as Democrats. Look at the Republicans coming out and saying they just want him to concede and and move on. Mitt Romney and and a host of others in the Senate and in the House. They're, you know, they're tired. They want to go back to the way it used to be. They want the old party back, the party of the Bushes and the uh, McLeans, or what's his name? McLean, McCain. They want the McCain-Bush-Romney party back. Folks, that party's not coming back. The party's over. It's Trump's party, and they better get on board. If he's not successful tomorrow in his challenge, I think he's going to run in 2024. He's going to announce if he doesn't, if he's not successful tomorrow, he'll announce, I hear, on Inauguration Day. As Biden is being inaugurated, Trump will be announcing his plans for 2024. So he's not going anywhere. This is a movement. And even if he doesn't run in 2024, somebody will pick up the baton and go with it. As I've mentioned before, whether it's Matt Gates, whether it, maybe it's uh, Mike Pence, but I'm not sure about Pence. We'll find out more tomorrow. Before we go on here, let me tell you that if you're thinking of starting a podcast, 
Uh, there is no better time than right now to do it. There's so much going on and you want to get your message out to the world, you can do that. It's easy. All you do is go to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and the absolute best way to launch a podcast. Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and a whole lot more. So why not join over 100,000 protesters? I mean, podcasters. The protesters will be in Georgia today and in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. But join those podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started now. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they'll give you a $20 Amazon gift card. Again, follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, Ted Flint, prominent area conservative, sent you Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. So that's about going to wrap things up. Before we go, I mean, 2020 has been one of the weirdest years in American history. We have the sham impeachment over the Russia, the whole Russia involvement hoax, the coronavirus pandemic, the, uh, the widespread lockdowns across the country, defund the police movements initiated by these uh, Marxist mobs, and, of course, Biden's sham election victory. I mean, 2020 has been like a year, it, and certainly not in my 61 years. 2021 promises to be just as exciting. We're going to be here with you, the Lord willing. And uh, we're going to talk to you probably on Friday, uh, maybe if not sooner. We'll see what happens tomorrow in, uh, in Georgia. Again, the Republicans have to win both those seats. All right, that's going to do it to it. Thank you again for listening. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was recorded by Ted Flint, produced and edited by Ken Burns, music by Kevin McLeod. Be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.